But let me ask you this. Will you ever be happy as an employee? Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. You know, in this current state of affairs where everything has been shaken up and so many people have had their normal work lives interrupted, a lot of people are asking, do I want to go back to the way things were? Are there other options for me? We here at 48 Days are hearing an explosion of questions from people saying, you know, can I really take this thing that I enjoy, that I know about, that I understand, and turn it into a means of income? I thought I was secure, and now I realize that was just an illusion. I wasn't secure. I need to figure out something where I'm more in the driver's seat. Now, this is not to be paranoid or suspicious at all, but it's simply to be aware of the broadening opportunities that are out there. And that's happened to a whole lot of you who are saying, you know what? I think I can figure something out that's maybe a little more creative than what I've been doing in the past. Well, we got some questions that relate to that. Get a whole bunch of good news things and some tips I want to give you. This week, we're honoring our entrepreneurial moms being Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all you entrepreneurial moms that are doing things out here. A couple weeks ago, I had um, Ruth Suk up on as our Monday mentor guest in the Eagles community, and she is an entrepreneurial mom. A few years ago, she was a stay-at-home mom. Her husband was a highly paid engineer, normal kind of setup. She started blogging. People responded. First was how to save money by using coupons. And then she wrote a little book, Living Well, Spending Less. That took off and it grew and grew and grew. Well, today, her husband quit his job. He doesn't work with her in the business. He runs their household. He takes care of the girls. He shops for groceries, makes sure the house is clean. They've just settled into this really sweet arrangement. And her income at this point, you know, is multiples of what his was, even as a highly paid engineer, because her business is that great. But it just, I love hearing creative examples like that. There's not a whole lot of right or wrong. It's just finding what works. And Callie, we want to help you do that. We want to find help you find what works for you. Well, here's some of the questions today that I want to address. Dan, I'm a senior. I've not received my stimulus check. Please help. Okay, now let me tell you right now, I am not an expert on these government programs that are going on. Don't want to be, don't intend to be. But I've got some solutions for this gentleman. Maybe he mistakenly sent me his question about not getting a stimulus check, but yeah, we've got some ideas for him. We'll get to that. Well, how about this? I want to act and speak, but it's a constant hustle. And I really want to make a decent living because I'm 53 and tired of living paycheck to paycheck. All right. Probably a whole lot of you that identify with that. You want to do something creative. You know what you want to do, but how can it make sense when you have to pay rent every month? And then somebody says, another one kind of connected with that. I don't want a job. I want to produce my musical. So we're going to deal with some of the creative questions today that have come in where people want to do things that are unusual. How do you do that? 
Is it really possible to do that? Well, yes, it is. We've got lots of examples in the 48 Days community about people doing very unusual things. I'll share some of those as we go along as well. Well, here's a quotation, and I had a hard time narrowing it down because there's so many quotations that inspire me that address this particular situation. Well, here's one. Now, this is attributed to Frederick Nietzsche which is questioned because it's been attributed to a lot of other people as well. Quotations are like that. They float around out there. Frederick Nietzsche is not a guy who we would admire a whole lot for much of what he did. He ended up, well, insane, really. But um, anyway, I love this quotation. So whoever said it, it's one of those, it doesn't matter who said it. If it resonates, if it's true, if it inspires us, we can take it. It doesn't matter if the person who said it was not an admirable character. So this is the quotation after that horrible setup. Those who dance are considered insane by those who can't hear the music. That's pretty true right now. I mean, in a world gone crazy, a sane person will be seen as crazy. Now, here's a couple other quotations. Again, we're going to stick with that one. Those who dance are considered insane by those who can't hear the music. But I got a couple others as well. Henry Ryman said, creativity, when not used, turns to depression. Robin Sharma has a brand new book out, The 5 a.m. Hour. But um, he says, potential unexpressed turns to pain. Wow. I I know somebody right now who has a regular job, but she's a very gifted artist, really gifted artist and just creative thinker, writer. And I think her forcing herself to have a normal life is causing the depression that she's going through right now. Well, here's our resource for today. It's 48days.com slash creativity. It's one, I know I've referenced it before, but it's, what if my dream isn't paying the bills? So I went through in a presentation, broke that down. What if my dream isn't paying the bills? Well, there's one of, uh, we have a listener, Heather Bonham, who was inspired by that so much so that she created a study guide to go along with it. So if you go there, you'll see the the tips that I give as well as her outline for going, walking right through, what if my dream isn't paying the bills? What do you do? Again, the resource is 48days.com slash creativity. I want to alert you to a webinar we've got coming up. This will be on May the 14th, Thursday, May the 14th. So depending on when you're listening to this, uh, if it's after the fact, it's after the fact. But if it's before then, hopefully uh, this will be this podcast coming out on the 8th. So on Thursday, May the 14th, I'm going to be doing a presentation that I just call them rising above unexpected challenges. What do you do when you get hammered by the things we've got going on right now? Rising above unexpected challenges. It's a free webinar Thursday, May the 14th at either one o'clock or seven o'clock PM central time. And if you go to 40 days.com slash webinar, you'll see the details there. All right, let's go to some good news. Now here's something that I thought was kind of cool. Pakistan, the country hires thousands of people who are newly unemployed for an ambitious 10 billion tree planting initiative. So like most countries, there's a whole lot of people 
who have been thrown into unemployment, Pakistan is hiring those people by the thousands to plant trees. Now, this is a big initiative where they want to plant these 10 billion trees. I mean, they're doing this in a lot of uh, remote areas, a lot of poor villages, you know, where they've stripped the vegetation away. And so it turns to desert and sand and dust. Well, if you plant trees, you can revitalize nature again. And so that's what they're doing. Now, this reminded me, I certainly wasn't around then, but back in the depression, in the, the major depression back in the late, um, well, the early 30s, 1930s in America. I went through a severe depression. The stock market crashed and all that. You remember that from your history books or hearing your mom and dad talk about it. But the government created what was called the WPA, Works Project Administration, whereby they hired millions of job seekers. So people were thrown out of work. The government hired them. And then they had them work on Projects. Now, a lot of these were you know, just labor positions, but um, they built streets. The, over over 10,000 bridges were built. Uh, many of the airports were built during that time. You know, public um, museums and places like that, a lot of housing. Those were things that are all done by Americans working where the government was paying them because they'd been thrown out of work. One of the biggest projects that they did during that time was the Tennessee Valley Authority. Now, that took the impoverished Tennessee Valley, close to where I live here, and created dams, waterworks to create an infrastructure for electrical power and to help prevent floods. That was a major initiative. The TVA, I mean, that provides power for much of the country today. That was done by workers who were hired by the government. Now, this is interesting that's been done multiple times, and certainly we're seeing other countries that are doing that today. Well, what did we do here in the United States? We have people waiting for their stimulus checks, not doing anything, just waiting for a check to come. I'm not sure how that door was opened. I'm not sure how we got to that point. But back with the WPA and with some of these work programs, work relief was preferred over, now this was by thinking people, Work relief was preferred over public assistance or just giving people money, just doling out money because it maintained self-respect, reinforced the work ethic, and kept skills sharp. Gee, what a novel idea. Well, food for thought. I'm not the one making the decisions, but I certainly think I would have approached it differently rather than handing money out to people. I'm not, you know, where's the money come from? My goodness. Oh my. Well, ultimately, I guess our children and grandkids are going to have to pay for the money that's being given out like candy today by the government. But there are better programs that have been modeled in the past. Well, let me go on to other things since I'm not a politician or an economist. So we'll just move into some other things after having stimulated your thinking, at least. This was sent to me by podcast listener, David Kimball, and um, just a note for a, a neat piece. So here's the deal. Here's a guy who was in Alaska, and his town was cut off from food supply. He's, this guy is a little grocery store, and he saved the day with a Costco card and a ship. So they really were remote. This is a place called uh, Gustavus, Alaska. 
where moose outnumber the 446 residents. So a little town of only 446 people, and they were cut off from food supply with everything that's happening. So the town grocer used a little boat, and it would make as he, he, what he's doing well right now is making a seven-hour trip to you know, you know, however that's pronounced. I've never, never been sure. You know, Alaska to buy groceries. So he goes to the the Costco store and buys groceries. Seven-hour boat ride because there there are no flights coming in or anything, and so. He's supplying his town. Now, he's doing reasonable markups. I mean, he's not just taking advantage of the situation. I mean, people think he's saved their town, which is really the way they frame it, because he happened to have a boat, and so he goes and gets groceries for the whole town, comes back and sells it. Neat, neat story. I love that. Well, here's a question from listener who says, I am a senior. I've not received my stimulus check. Most around me have. I have nothing unusual going on. I've been on Social Security for about 10 years. I have direct deposit. I can't figure out the problem. Please help. Well, again, I have no connections to get your stimulus check released. But I want to change your thinking. I want to change your thinking. You know, a lot of people are, you know, are, are fearful. And they're, they're just waiting. They're waiting for something to step in and take care of their problems, somebody, some organization. My goodness, let's break that cycle. I mean, Napoleon Hill, author of Think and Grow Rich, said, fear occupies the unused part of your mind. Let's wake up the parts of our minds that haven't been used, perhaps, and look for ideas, things that we can do. So instead of waiting on a stinking $1,200 stimulus check. How about if we figure out a way to create twice that by doing something that has value? I mean, there are people right now that are just coming up with creative, the creative ideas are just exploding. The things that are doing, people are doing just like the guy who, you know, you took a boat and goes and gets some groceries from Costco, brings them back, marks them up and sells them to his community. What a cool thing to do. I mean, I have a friend who is selling toilet paper and mask in family packs where he has had several million dollar days in doing that. Now, here's this is not complicated. This is not rocket science. There are two major channels for toilet paper. Let's just take that because it's, it's so popularly known and understood right now. Everybody stocking up, you know, hoarding. Toilet paper, there's no toilet paper available. Well, yes, there is. But there are two major channels. The toilet paper that comes to the grocery store, which is Charmin, the nice soft stuff that we get for our houses. That's one major channel. But I'll think about the millions and millions of rolls of toilet paper that are used in airports, hotels, restaurants. Well, guess what? That's a different kind of toilet paper. It's not quite as fancy and nice, if you can recall times when you've been in a restaurant or a hotel. But it's the, but those are totally different channels. So what happened? All of a sudden, people were hoarding the toilet paper that comes out of grocery stores, and all the all the toilet paper intended to go to hotels, airports, and restaurants clogged up. There are warehouses full of that toilet paper. 
my friend is simply purchasing that toilet paper by the tractor truckload. 18 wheelers come in with toilet paper on it. There's plenty available. And he's using that redirect, making it clear it's a different kind of toilet paper, but it's certainly usable. That and mask, and he's creating these little family packs. Just simply took, you know, saw the situation that is currently in place and said, well, I can come up with an idea. And so he is, I mean, in this period of time, you have to realize there are a lot of people, you know, sitting silently, uh, going broke and getting depressed. And there are people who are becoming rich right during this period of time. Now, again, there's so many ideas. We put them out and I'm not going to go through just ideas that you've heard me talk about. There's so many things, figure out what it is you can do that has unique value and get out and do it. I mean, if it's washing windows, it doesn't matter. It can be something very simple, but figure out something, but do something rather than wait and be disappointed because you didn't get your stimulus check. You know, next month I'm going to be starting in our 48 Days Eagles community uh, on Eagles Nest. We've got those coming around again. We've had such a delightful time with all these little small groups where people go deep in speaking, podcasting, writing, music, art, all those kind of things that they want to do and helping people develop and grow in those areas. But I'm going to be doing one that I'm going to call Will It Fly? I want to work with a group, a small group of people who are trying to get to the point where they're making their first $1,000 a month consistently. So I'm going to do that in June. In July, I'm going to work with those who want to get to their first $5,000 a month, and then do that continuously. In August, I want to work with a group who want to get their first $10,000 month and then continue that. I'm really excited about that. And of course, we got a lot of buzz going on in the 48 Days Eagles community about that because, you know, I want to help people see how to take ideas and turn them into those revenue streams and then grow from there as well. Well, interesting thing has come out of this downturn where people have been forced to work at home. I mean, pretty much across the board, you know, there have been a whole lot of industries that have been shut down, and a lot of those people just worked at home. Well, guess what? There's a survey out already that says working from home has so many benefits. 48%, nice number there, 48% of workers would take a pay cut to continue working from home. Now, that's really not surprising. I mean, we kind of expected that. Golly, people working from home, not fighting traffic, not burning up gas, not wasting that extra commute time, working from home, no interruptions, no unnecessary committee meetings, just working. Wow. A lot of people are saying, "Um, I don't really want to come back to the office. Can't we figure this out so I can continue to work from home? 48% said they'd take a pay cut. Well, it's not difficult to figure out why. I mean, there are some obvious perks of working from home. A flexible schedule was really big for a lot of the people. And here's the thing. That doesn't mean that uh, they're trying to you know, cheat the system where now instead of working eight hours, you're only going to work two. We find that not to be true. I talked to somebody last night who has a whole lot of employees. And he said they found that they had some people who were working too much. They had to tell them to back off 
because working from home, they didn't have the separation of, well, not being in the office. So they're going home, working from home. They found people who were working too much. They told them, don't work so much, you know, have a life. Well, there's that they're saving money. You know, obviously it's interesting to watch the gas prices come down because not as many people are buying gas. We're getting cleaner air. There's not as much pollution. There's a whole lot of positive benefits of what has happened here. Uh, People like having access to the kitchen. That's a big benefit of working from home. (laughs) Being able to just, that could be a a plus and a minus, I guess. Or There's some funny memes out there about people working from home uh, gaining weight. Uh, Golly, it was, um, I think it was Greg Tosi who put up a thing said there's something there's a glitch in in zoom because every time he goes on to zoom it looks like his face is fuller well it's a a joke meaning that yeah we you know a lot of people have been eating more because they are at home well you can wear whatever you want i mean there's a lot of jokes going around about that we've seen the guys you know interviewing who have a suit and a uh, suit coat and tie on and realize they're in shorts underneath um completing other kind of tasks. I mean, there's just so many benefits. Now, I know we need to look at uh, productivity versus creativity. And again, having a conversation just last night with a uh, major employer, he said they found that their people were productive, but not creative. They lost the creativity that comes from people meeting in small groups together where the new ideas emerge. So that's something that's certainly going to have to be addressed and rightfully so. Well, as I mentioned, we're honoring our entrepreneurial moms this Mother's Day, Mother's Day week. Golly, in the Eagles community, I've noticed people like uh, Kristen King talks about uh, she started a blog because she loves to write. So she's doing an inspirational blog. She has two side businesses. One's her music business where she teaches voice and piano lessons to teenagers and then she has her blog, but two businesses that she's got that she's got going on. Uh, Sharon Page talks about her business. Uh, she has a mini course that she's developed, how to deeply connect with your audience without spending all day on social media. So we've got people that are writing books, creating courses, like Jenny Hunt. She's got um, she's got a new book out called Sweet Spot Revenue. She's She's one of those online marketers that really understands that and is doing really, really well with that. Well, hey, we love seeing those kind of entrepreneurial moms who have figured out how to be primary caregivers for their children and yet still create income. That's a really appealing kind of concept. Instead of just dropping your kids off at daycare and have somebody else raising them. Yeah. A lot of moms want to raise their kids, but they always thought it was a choice. Either I'm going to be the primary caregiver for my children, or I'm going to be a career person. Well, now a lot of people are figuring out, wow, they can blend these. I mean, my daughter, Ashley, I mean, most of you know her setup. They are full-time travelers. So she's with her family all the time, but she works for me as well. She's our primary kingpin in a 48 days business with all the things that she handles. So it's seamless for me in seeing her as somebody who handles all of our 48 days business things. But also I know that she's spending time with her three Beautiful little girls. They do lots of things together as a family. Well, hey, just a quick reminder here. This is 48 Days Online Radio. 
I've been doing this a long time. You know, some of you may wonder about the 48 days if you're new listeners. Well, that came up years ago when I got frustrated and working with people, helping them map out new plans of action and then meeting them a year later and they hadn't done anything. I thought, God, this is ridiculous. You, you don't need to wait till all the lights are green. You don't need to wait till the mortgage is paid off, your student loans are paid off. You can change your life dramatically in 48 days if you create a plan and act on it. That's the adequate time to assess where you are, look at the options, get advice and opinions from other people, do a little bit more research, choose the best one and act. And having to do with any kind of situation, but certainly in this business and career area. So that's where it came from. But I love just sharing ideas, inspiration every week like this here in the podcast. Been doing this a a very long time as well. And the questions that are coming in, these are real life questions from you, the listeners. I feel honored to receive those. If you've got a question or success story or a tip you'd like for me to share, just shoot that into me at askdan at 48days.com. And that's askdan at 48days.com. Now, here's a question. Uh, comes from Joni. I'm going to kind of summarize it here. It's like, the, I've been unemployed since October and not happily employed for years and years prior to that. I have a BFA degree in theater. That's a Bachelor of Fine Arts, a professional teacher certificate in secondary education, theater and speech, and some courses toward my MFA in theater from Ole Miss. My professional life has included decades of experience in every area of acting, theater, voiceover, TV, film, print ads, executive assistant work, teaching, coaching, acting, various capacities, and a bit of sales. I've been encouraged to pursue acting professionally over and over again by highly successful folks in the biz, but I often struggle with it for many reasons. It's a gift, and I do want to share it. But I want to use acting and storytelling to lift people up. And oftentimes the projects out there fall short of that, if not do the exact opposite. Also, now this is a really important line in Joni's note. Also, now again, TV, acting, teaching, coaching, speaking, voiceovers. It's a constant hustle, and I really want to make a decent living because I'm 53 and tired of living paycheck to paycheck. I also love teaching and encouraging children and young adults to be all they can be while using humor. Now, some ideas I've had include acting professionally while trying to connect with like-minded people who can help me write a show, similar to Mr. Rogers, with me being Mrs. Rogers, incorporating a ton of funny characters I've developed through the years. Teaching acting to youth, speaking and using storytelling to encourage and inspire youth, becoming a life career coach for ages 16 to 22, doing a show where I go around the U.S. and interview the greatest generation aging Americans about the America that they knew when they were young. And she summarizes again, I've been unemployed since October, so I don't have any money to put in just heart and passion and hopefully enough talent. Also any right job any any right job now ideas that come to mind would be helpful thanks in advance okay now Joni, you talk about all these creative things that you'd like to do the 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 key is those things that you'd like to do you know developing a show where you go around and interview the greatest generation or acting professionally while you write a new show or you're Mrs. Rogers, or teaching, acting to youth, or speaking and using, so those things, they don't conform into a nice eight to five 
job, 40 hours a week, where you get a paycheck. It just doesn't fit. You're going to have to, but, but when you say it's a constant hustle and you really want to make a decent living because you're 53 and tired of living paycheck to paycheck, that doesn't fit with any, yes, for you to do the things that you describe, it's going to be a constant hustle. Can you make a decent living? Yeah, absolutely. But are you, you know, you're tired of living paycheck to paycheck. Do you want a steady paycheck? It doesn't happen with that. You've got to switch your mindset from thinking like an employee, but wanting the rewards of living a creative life. That's really where you're stuck. And you just have to, I mean, I mean, the world is littered with talented people who missed their opportunity because they were trying to force the creative life they were looking for into the structure that comes with being an employee. It just doesn't work that way. Now, as an employee, I mean, we have more structure, there's more guarantees, there's more benefits, there's fixed income, decisions are made by somebody else, there's set hours. That's what happens as an employee. In a creative opportunity, as you described, you would really like to live in that space, there's less structure, there are fewer guarantees, there's fewer benefits, but there's open-ended income, you get to make your own decisions, you have time freedom. I mean, think about somebody like J.K. Rowling with the writing that she did. She didn't get paid as an employee to write, but having produced product that people enjoyed, she became a multimillionaire. Matter of fact, I think she might be even be a billionaire. I'm not sure about that, but she's very, very rich because she found an expression of her creativity that connected with people and went on from there. Now, this idea of moving from employee to a work, a new work model, it's not the quantum leap that it once was. We're finding a lot of people that have this kind of a gentle carryover from one to the next. I've described in the past my bookkeeper who in past was a bookkeeper for a company. She decided she didn't want to do that anymore. She wanted to not have to do all the other administrative things that they made her do because they couldn't really justify her bookkeeping skills 40 hours a week anyway. So she left. Well, now she has about 10 clients, me being just one of them, where she does just the bookkeeping. She comes in with me one morning a month, one morning a month to gather all my things. She puts the reports together in the afternoon. Now, again, with what I pay her, well, I, let's just, I mean, I pay her $500 a month. I assume that's similar to what she's charging other people. If she has 10 clients or she does that, she works with me. Let's say she works with me one day a month, which certainly she doesn't work more than that and working on my stuff, but one day a month. So that's $500. If she has 10 clients, which I know she has at least that many, that's $5,000 a month. And that would encompass 10 days a month of work. So really two full work weeks with two weeks off. I mean, that's not a bad way to look at it. And a lot of people have done exactly that. So it's not a quantum leap like it once was. You can continue doing similar work, but just create a little bit different work model where you have multiple customers rather than just one 
in essence. But, you know, and sometimes we, we used to think that somebody who would leave a traditional job to do something on his or her own is somebody who's really driven, aggressive, you know, high risk taker and all that. But those lines are much softer today. I mean, people are leaving the cubicles often with their company support and blessing to become you know, freelancers, contingency workers, independent contractors, telecommuters. God, we call them all kinds of things today. You know, social entrepreneurs, electronic immigrants, and so on. A lot of those people are moving from being employees to being self-employed. Some start businesses, some don't. I mean, again, you can you can create a job for yourself, and that's okay. And a lot of people who leave a traditional employee position don't really create a business. A business implies that it makes money even when you're not there. And a lot of people don't have that. I mean, my bookkeeper, unless she's doing the work, it's not creating money. There's no residual or passive income. So she created a different job version for herself. Totally legit. But here's the deal. You have to decide, do you have what it takes? If you don't have the characteristics that are going to make you successful in being in the driver's seat and making things happen and hustling to get things done and being content without a regular paycheck, you know, if you don't have those characteristics, then don't beat yourself up. Just keep a job somewhere. So some of the things that I look for in predicting if somebody is going to be successful on their own I have a list of questions. I'll run through some of them here. The more yes answers you have, the more likely it is you do have what it takes. And if you have no answers, then quit the kind of empty dreaming where you think the grass is greener at the side of the fence, but you don't have the characteristics that would make that a reality for you. So number one, are you a self-starter? Number two, do you get along with different kinds of people? Three, do you have a positive outlook? Or are you able to make decisions? Now, these are things I've got. We've got these lists available, various places. It's in No More Dreaded Mondays. I think it's in some of the versions of 48 Days to the Work You Love. Anyway, it's a list that I've got. Are you able to make decisions? Number five, are you able to accept responsibility? Seven, do you have willpower and self-discipline? Eight, do you plan ahead? Nine, do you take advice from others? 10, are you adaptable to changing conditions? And one of the things we know, and it's certainly been confirmed in this period of time, is we can't expect things to just stay the same as they were. No, they're going to change. Number 11, can you stick with it when things are a little tough? Number 12, do you have a high level of confidence and belief in what you're doing? 13, do you enjoy what you're going to do? Don't try to talk yourself into doing something just for the money. It'll never sustain you. You'll burn out, be frustrated, get ulcers and depressed. I mean, you you have to enjoy what you're doing. Number 14, can you sell yourself and your ideas? A lot of people have really a great product or service, but then they can't sell it. Keep in mind, again, selling is not some fancy manipulating, conning people into something they don't want or need. True Pure, professional, high-level selling is simply sharing enthusiasm. So if you have something that you really believe in, that you care about, you ought to be able to sell that without it seeming like a sales process. Number 15, are you prepared to work long hours? Sure, it takes a long time. 
mean, I still work a lot of hours. I'm not looking to get to a four-hour work week. That's, you know, fun to talk about, but that's not something that real entrepreneurs look for. I love my work. And so I still put in a lot of hours because I'm producing a lot of new content, doing things that I enjoy. Number 16, do you have the physical and emotional energy to run a business? 17, do you have the support of your family and or spouse? It's a critical issue. I mean, one of the things that we know is true, we use the old Jim Rohn kind of quote, it's attributed to him at least, that we become the average of the five people we spend the most time with. Wow. If you're around negative, small thinking people, you're going to have a hard time being successful in these creative areas. You need to find a way to spend some time with people who are going to be cheering you on or are going to hold your arms up when you're getting weak and encourage you in those rough times. Number 18, are you willing to risk your own money in this venture? You know, and that, I mean, we have to be, it should be exciting to see the opportunities for investment. I'm doing a webinar later this afternoon for a group of entrepreneurs on the power of investing in yourself. But when people say, well, I want to do something on my own, you know, but I don't, I don't want to risk any money. I don't want to put any money into it. Well, that's unrealistic. I mean, why would that make sense? I mean, if you're going to start a restaurant or a bowling alley or service station, obviously it takes a lot of money or Chick-fil-A franchise or McDonald's takes a lot of money. I mean, most business ideas require something. Now, fortunately, they don't require a whole lot for most of the kind of business that we're talking about. But if you're not willing to put money in and see it as a legitimate investment where you're confident of the return, it may not hold water as a real idea. All right, let me move on here. I'm going to run out of time. I can see that already. Okay, let me just grab a couple more that are, well, let me just, let me do, let me just do this one because it's so similar. This comes from Elizabeth who says, I don't want a job. I want to produce my musical. I don't know how I would get paid doing this. I have usually taken jobs to make money and done what I really love on the side. I just can't see myself doing what I love and getting paid for it, at least on a weekly, ongoing, steady paycheck kind of way. There's no job out there that I can think of or think that I can see or think of for what I want to do. Even making a living as a songwriter doesn't appeal to me because I have to write schlock to make it marketable. I have no interest in that. I feel like wanting to earn a living by putting on my own show is a dream. Help. Wow, you, you're so in the same space, Elizabeth. You can't imagine a job that would allow you to do what you want to do. And I agree. There probably isn't a job out there. There isn't something where you're going to just get a paycheck every week. Again, you have to think differently. You have to think, you have to have a long time perspective. I mean, Dave Ramsey and I have talked about that in terms of how he works with people with money. People who are making $12 an hour, frankly, they tend to think week to week. And if you're renting a house to somebody who's making $12 an hour, you really ought to collect rent once a week rather than once a month because their time frame is thinking so short term. It's, I get my paycheck on Friday, I spend it, Monday I'm broke, I start over again, wait for the paycheck on Friday. Now, as people's income goes up, they start making eighty, hundred thousand dollars They start to think in yearly terms. Well, next year, we're going to go to Disney. Um, next year, we're going to start 
a Roth IRA. You know, next year, we're going to look at, you know, getting a pontoon boat. We, they start to think in terms of a longer time frame. But you talk to somebody who's making you know, a quarter of a million dollars or more, they're thinking five and 10 years out. Now, you may think, well, this is a chicken and the egg. Sure, if I were making that kind of money, I could have the privilege of thinking long term. But you know what? Change your thinking and your money situation will change. You start thinking in terms of where do I want to be three years from now? What do I want my life to look like? You'll be amazed how money starts to show up to embrace that clear dream. So yeah, you don't want a job. You want to produce a musical. Okay. It's like, you know, if I, I said, I'm, I'm working right now on a book. Now the book that I'm working on, I've been writing content for over three years for that book. So it's not like I just said, well, I'm going to write a book this week so I can get paid on Friday. No, these kind of things do take a while to develop into something meaningful where you're going to get paid. And most authors, I mean, if it is in that space, I mean, we really recognize that once you come up with a clear idea and start writing, it's probably two years before you can expect to see any kind of return on that at all. And then it may be slow and over a period of time. So these creative things often don't just have a burst of money right on the front the first week or the first month or whatever, it's going to take some time, but can you make money as a songwriter? My goodness. Yes. Can you write what you want to write as a songwriter? Sure. There's plenty of people here in Nashville who are doing that. So produce a musical. I don't know how to approach that. I'm not an expert in that, but if I wanted to do that, I'd figure out a way to, to make it happen. Now it doesn't have to be, a, a, a clear black and white choice. It doesn't have to be an either or look for combinations. I mean, we have a lot of people in the 48 days Eagles community who have full-time jobs, not their dream job, not something they're excited about on Monday morning or something they want to continue doing, but it's a reasonable vehicle to allow them to keep food on the table and a roof over their heads while they're then spending that 15 hours a week with their side venture with their creative skill. So they're building that. And my encouragement always has been do that until you're generating 50% of your current income. Then we can look at a real complete transition. And we've got hundreds of stories where people have done exactly that, but don't give up on your dream. Don't just say it's impossible. I can't do it. No, you, you'll end up at the end of your life resenting the fact that you didn't have the courage to move forward on that. Scott Stearman, I'm going to have Scott on as our Monday mentor in the Eagles community in a couple of weeks. Scott was 32 years old, just living an ordinary life, ordinary kind of job. And he walked into this little sculpture shop. Guy was there doing sculptures and uh, making them available. He was, he, something just clicked. He started talking to the guy and he said, you know, I think I could do that. And fortunately, this mature elderly sculpt, sculptor, said, you need to try it. If you have the desire, you need to try it. Well, today, years later, Scott is a internationally known sculptor. The work he does is breathtaking. I mean, you can just Google and just find scottsteerman.com and just go there and check him out. He's a dear, trusted friend. I'm going to have him on to talk about that transition, that time in his life when he, he heard that voice calling him to something different, totally 
irrational, unrealistic, impractical, why would you throw away a good career and start sculpting, taking clay and trying to make something? How are you going to make a living at that? Well, today, I mean, his commission pieces, I mean, are $100,000 and up. I mean, he's done major pieces for military institutions, for universities, for churches. I mean, they, they stand in line to get a piece that he does. Now, does he get a paycheck every Friday? No. Does he have benefits? No. Does he have a retirement plan provided by an employer? No. Is he well taken care of? Yes. Does he love what he does? Yes. I mean, Scott says, if he were not a sculptor full time, his hobby would be sculpting. I mean, that's the thing. Now, I'm also gonna, I'm also gonna. Uh, walk him through this process. A lot of people are afraid of trying to turn their hobby into something that they do, afraid that they'll lose the enjoyment if they try to make it a source of income. That's a catch 22. Because if you think, well, if you really move toward what you love and expect that to create income, and there's a danger in that, and that you may kill your enjoyment, well, then the safest thing to do is just do something you don't enjoy, have a job you don't enjoy. We can see the fallacy in that, that's certainly not a direction we want to go in. So yes, move toward, right? Direct, lean into what you enjoy most and figure out a way to make that your source of income as well. I know very few people who have moved into what they love and end up thinking they shouldn't have done that because now it's producing a lot of money and they feel like they have to continue, you know, to continue creating. It just doesn't work that way. If you're a singer, you're going to, enjoy it. If you're an artist, you're going to enjoy it. If you're a writer, wow, I mean, those are things that we continue to enjoy. Well, my goodness, I'm watching the time here. We're out of time. I want to just remind you about our resources. Again, our primary resource that I suggested for today was the 48days.com creativity. To go there, what if my dream isn't paying the bills, is the one where you have a guide sheet that one of our listeners created a worksheet to go through and just ask yourself, is this a realistic guy? Can I bring this thing to life that I'm dreaming about? Hey, I want to remind you too about the webinar that we're doing on Thursday night, May the 14th, rising above unexpected challenges. It's free. You can just come hang out with me for an hour. I'm going to be doing it at one o'clock and 7 PM central time, Thursday May the 14th, Rising Above Unexpected Challenges. Register. We do. You do need to register. Get the link to join us there. Just go to 48days.com webinar. And again, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy Mother's Day to all of you who are entrepreneurial mothers. We honor you. The work that you're doing, delighted to encourage you along. Send us your notes about what you are doing. We'll share them here on the 48 Days Radio Show. Again, you can shoot in your questions, other things that are on your mind, success stories. Just shoot them in to me at askdan at 48days.com. So I hope this has been inspiring. My goodness, I want to encourage those of you who are frustrated with the work that you're doing, encouraging you that there are opportunities beyond that. You can take the unusual things that you're interested in and turn those into real opportunities. Does it take those characteristics I talked about? Yeah, it does take some of those. Nobody else is going to show up on your doorstep and say, well, I want you to come 
you know, hang out and do this thing you most enjoy and I'll pay you weekly to do it. It just doesn't work that way. But just change your model a little bit and you can walk right into the biggest joy of your life. So thanks for hanging out with us here during this time, for being part of this growing community where we know without a shadow of a doubt, we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. 